Sweethearts, thank you for joining me here on Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast, where we go from feeling a void to feeling validated, and we go from feeling grumpy to grateful. Be sure to keep your inspiration going by checking out Sweetheart Soul Sessions on Facebook. And now, get ready, because your session is about to start. Hello, hello, it's Andrea, your certified Reiki practitioner, natural born clairvoyant and empath, performing arts director, wife and mother. The topic for this session is intuition. And I'm particularly geeked up about sharing this with you because everyone is intuitive. You are an intuitive being, whether you notice it or not. And so many people, when I sit in private sessions, will ask me, well, how do I know that I'm doing it right? And should I trust the information that I get? And how do I know that this is correct? And my explanation for that is some people don't allow for their intuition to come through or they have trouble accessing it or they have inadvertently blocked it because of fear, anxiety, and the inability to trust Following your intuition requires a lot of trusting. It can lead to anxiety, and then again, the root of anxiety is what? Fear. So they say that intuition is the GPS of the soul. So if the intuition is the GPS of the soul, if this is our inner compass, the guidance for our lives, how do we get out of our own way and tap into it? The answer is very simple. It is the ability to distinguish between ego and soul. If you follow what your soul is saying against the loud chatter of the ego, then you will always be able to tune in to your intuitive sense. Because your intuitive sense, guys, it's always effortless. Some of the best validations and the most beautiful things that I have shared with people intuitively have been when I'm not trying because the soul is that strong constant stream within you that cuts through all of the chatter of the ego right the ego is like you in a leather jacket you look badass (laughs) but it's kind of distracting right it's loud it's boisterous it makes you feel trapped in what other people say is good what other people say is bad It keeps you busy, right? Then endless mind chatter. And all in all, you end up feeling exhausted. Where the soul is not like that. The soul is you and like, you know, with this bright white light around you. It's calm. It's strong. It's connected. It's it's inner guidance. It's your soul saying, yes, this feels right to me. I feel aligned with this. And the ego says, sit down, shut up. It doesn't matter what you think. Sound familiar? So when anxiety shows up, right, when the ego tells us, sit down, shut up, you don't have an opinion or, or it doesn't matter what you think, and anxiety surfaces, we immediately shut down our intuition. 
And intuition does not create anxiety. The anxiety will show up when you're not following your intuition because your body's saying, I don't agree with this. I don't want this, yet I'm doing it anyway. Have you ever said yes to something because you felt obligated and it turned out to be a miserable experience? That's what I'm talking about when it comes to listening to the ego and listening to the soul. When you listen to the ego, you're going along with whatever the logical mind, right? Quote unquote, logical mind tells you, well, it makes sense for me to do this. And this is the advice that this person gave me. So I should do this. And so we follow it. Even if our soul is screaming, this isn't right. Right. And often we have to learn our lesson before we say, oh, snap, I should have listened to my soul in the first place. One of my favorite intuitive stories is when the boys were younger, like two and four years old, my boys. We were playing in the backyard one day and my mom was there. It was a beautiful, sunshiny day. And my youngest was playing underneath our glass patio table with his matchbox cars. And all of a sudden, I just got this intuitive nudge that I wanted to go inside. Now, my ego was telling me, girl, it's a beautiful day. Everything's fine. You look like a weirdo wanting to go in the house when it's gorgeous out. Your kids are playing. It's fresh air. But my soul said, go inside. It doesn't matter. Go inside. So I said to my mom, I go, I think I'm going to bring the boys in. I think I'm going to go inside. And she looked at me like, you know, like, what the hell, you know? And she even said, she was, Andrea, it's beautiful out. Why would you, you know, we just got out here. Why would you want to go inside? And I stuck to my guns and I said, I just feel like we should. So I called the boys in and no sooner did we get to the back door when the wind picked up, pulled the umbrella out of the patio table and it shattered in a thousand pieces. Where my youngest, less than a minute before that, was playing underneath it with his matchbox cars. And my mom looked at me, and I'll never forget this expression on her face. It was like, oh my gosh, we had a guardian angel. And yes, I to this day believe that we did. But in addition to that, it was an intuitive nudge. My intuition was telling me this was something I needed to do. It felt right in my soul. It felt like I needed to do it, and I didn't have a valid explanation for it. I didn't have a logical response other than I just think I need to do this. And thank God I did. So my question to you is how how much in your personal life are you tuning into that intuitive nudge? How much in your personal life are you taking a chance on something that you feel is right, even if you don't have the rationale to back it up? How, How about people in your lives, your loved ones, your friends? How many of them are people that follow their intuition and how many of them are people that block it? And how are their lives different? Because chances are, if you go against your intuitive nudges, it's going to, it's going to be a detour. It's going to redirect you to where you need to go, you know, anyway. You're just going to take a longer route. I subscribe to a newsletter by a woman named Amanda Lynette Meter. And she is a, an intuitive blogger. And she wrote about this story where she had to get a new pair of eyeglasses and she she had an eyeglass store that was like relatively close to her house but she felt an intuitive nudge to go to the one that was farther away and I think it was also more expensive so even though there was no logical reason for her to do that she just felt like she should and she didn't follow that intuitive nudge 
She instead went to the eyeglass store that was close to her house. It was more inexpensive, so on and so forth. Well, she ended up having a horrible time with her glasses. And at the end of the day, she had to cancel the order and she ended up going to the other store, the one that was farther away and more expensive anyway. So that's another example of somebody not following their intuitive nudge and it's like a lesson learned or the intuitive part of you says, I told you so. We could have avoided all of this runaround if we would have just done what our intuition had asked us in the first place. It is the inner compass for your soul. And I think sometimes we get caught up in like, what will other people think? Or, you know, how will, how will so-and-so, you know, uh, approve of this? You know, like it's, it's difficult to envision somebody sitting across the table, uh, you know, a conference table with their boss saying, yes, I don't feel intuitively like I should work full time anymore. I feel like it would really be in alignment with my soul to work part time. I don't really see a lot of people doing that. I don't know about you. I wish we would, <laughs> but that's not really the typical thing. So instead, we see people working full time when they don't want to be, and it leads to all sorts of physical problems and emotional problems and so on and so forth. And then all in all, when they get laid up at home, right, because they're, they're ill or they, they end up, you know, screwing up at work and they get, you know, written up or... Uh, even fired sometimes, they end up going part-time anyway, right? So it's like, why do we do this? Why do we take this disaster detour and, and not listen to our inner guidance? And once again, guys, it goes back to fear, anxiety, and, and the inability to trust. You can always trust yourself and that quiet, effortless knowingness that comes to you. Because you are an intuitive being first before anything else. Let me tell you what intuition is not. Intuition is not something that is on trend. It's not the amount of objects that you can buy. It's not being showy. It's not catchphrases. Um, I have a shirt that says good vibes only and I love it. <laughs> but if I don't live that life, if I don't try to be kind to other people and I don't try to be a good vibe person, if I'm a miserable human being, then it doesn't matter how many shirts or anything that say good vibes or, or namaste if I'm not living that life. I also have a, a, a small crystal collection because I like them. I wear hematite all the time. I have a hematite bracelet that I wear all of the time. And hematite is a grounding crystal. And it's also, it has a bunch of other qualities. And I, I won't get into that because I'll get off on a tangent about crystals. But I do have a small crystal collection. But my thing is, is that I use them for what I feel is best. I don't buy a rose quartz because somebody told me that I'll, you know, have the, 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 the happiest love life ever if I buy a rose quartz. You know, or I didn't buy a sodalite because if I buy that, then um, my third eye will open or my, my throat chakra will be, people will start listening to me. It's, it's, not, it's not by magic. You have to do these things because you feel drawn to them. And it's not about the object. It's not about how many crystals you own or anything like that. It's not even about how many workshops you go to. How many of you know somebody that takes a workshop because they think that that workshop is going to be this magic moment where 
where they're going to learn everything they need to know about being an intuitive being or they're going to know everything about what it means to be a clairvoyant individual or a healer or whatever or any kind of workshop. You can fill in the blanks. But people take these workshops because they think that they don't have the knowledge already. They think that they don't have the inner knowingness. Now, by all means, buy the crystals, buy the catchphrases, take the workshops if you feel like it's going to enrich you as a human being. And it's going to help you bring to the surface what you already know. Not because you feel like you're lacking in something or that you need somebody else to show you how to use your intuition. You already know how. You just need to remove the blocks. And there's people that make a lot of money off of you by uh, booking these, these things because they, they thrive off of this notion that you need them and that you need their healing or whatever they have to offer. And now listen, some of you are probably sitting there going, Andrea, hold up. <laughs> Aren't you a Reiki practitioner? Why are you sitting here telling people that they don't need you? Aren't there people that come to you for healing? Aren't there people that come to you for sessions and realignment of their chakras? And the answer is yes. But I never sell my sessions as you need me more than I need you ever. Or if you take this, if, I, if you have a session with me, you're going to walk out of there with something you didn't have before. I never sell myself as that because that's not reality. The reality is, my sweethearts, is that you are an intuitive being to begin with. And what I do is I just do a light dusting of your soul. I just remind you. I just allow for it to surface. I don't, I don't sell something with the thought in the back of my mind, you need this. You don't, when you come to me, you don't have this. And then when you leave me, you do. That's not true. Every single one of you that are listening to this right now, you have the ability and you have all of the essential tools within you already. I just help you sometimes remove the blocks by asking the right questions and using my own intuition to figure out where your blocks are. So by all means, do all of these things. Follow the trend, but don't become the trend. And don't think that the trend is a replacement for actually following your intuition. Because then it's not, then it's really not, you're not following your intuition. If you're following a trend to the point that you become the trend, then it's like a cult. Right? And then that, that, that gets scary. Do you. Only you know what is in alignment with your soul. So speaking about Reiki, um, I want to share with you something about the third eye chakra because the third eye chakra is directly related to your intuition, isn't it? The third eye chakra is associated with the color indigo and it's located at the center of your forehead between your eyes above your eyebrows and it's responsible for your connectedness to your intuition. It's responsible for your dream cycles and your psychic awareness and your knowingness, and the extraordinary level of understanding things without effort. And some of you have imbalances in this area that can be corrected once again when they're, when they're brought to your awareness. And who corrects them? You do. 
but you, you need to be aware of them before you can correct them. Some of those imbalances include headaches, sinus issues, sleep disturbances. Some of you might have some eye strain, ear issues, so on and so forth. Anything affecting that area. And this is a little bit more than spirituality, guys. This is also based in science. The pineal gland is this tiny little like walnut-sized gland in the center of your brain. And it's in charge of a lot of different things. I will spare you all of the research that I have done on this over the years. <laughs> but the most important thing that you need to know is that it does secrete certain hormones and it does reg regulate your dream cycles. This is, I like to call it the imagination gland because this is where all of your clairvoyant ability and your intuitive ability kind of um, resides. So it's that part of your brain that supports that. So, and for, for some of you, um, it's going to be easy to access it. It just takes a little bit of trying. And then for others, it's going to be a little bit harder. So in order to help you along with that on that path, um, I do want to share with you that fluoride in particular, I'm not asking you, wait, let me just give you a little disclaimer. I'm not telling you guys to go like throw out all of your, your toothpaste and things like that. I use regular toothpaste. <laughs> but sometimes um, fluoride can cause like a calcification of the pineal gland. And what happens is that it, it almost like turns to rock, like it turns to stone. And um, they say that fluoride is a cause of that. So um, I'll give you that information to do with what you want. But sometimes people that are trying to open up their third eye and to create a, um, an alignment there, they tend to reduce a little bit of their fluoride intake. Um, tap water also has fluoride in it. So drinking like natural spring water and things like that may be helpful to you. But again, it's not a magic pill and it's not just fluoride. There's a lot of things that you can do within your lifestyle, your daily life in order to encourage um, a healthy third eye chakra. And chakras, again, guys, they're just the energy centers in your body, like a pearl necklace. You've heard me say this before. You know, it's a pearl necklace and the, all of the pearls need to be strung together in order for it to be complete. And when one of them is out of alignment, one energy center in your body is out of alignment, the rest kind of kind of uh, suffer. So um, so that's one thing about the, the third eye. The other thing is um, th something that you can do to balance your third eye chakra is uh, incorporating more uh, sacred spirituality in your life. Like how connected are you to yourself and how connected are you to a higher power? Um, I find that my third eye feels healthiest when I pray and it feels healthiest when I'm also, I spend time in solitude. So, and some of you have a lot of trouble, you know, sitting with yourself. Some of you don't like to be by yourself. If you find that you're one of those people that always needs somebody around and you don't like to be alone, you can't stand the quiet, so on and so forth, I want to ask yourself, what are you running from? Because some of the most profound things that come through intuitively happen when you are spending time with yourself those quiet moments that you're just with you and that's all. So my question to you is what are you running from or what are you resisting in your life that you always need somebody else with you or around you? Try to try to get comfortable being with yourself for the sake of hearing 
what your soul has to say. Spending time in nature is sometimes helpful to do that. Um, and feeling confident in your choices. I had to feel confident that day, guys, that I told my mom I want to go inside. There wasn't any reason why I should have wanted to other than I just did and I, and I followed through with my, I felt confident in my choice. So remove the fears that you have associated with trusting yourself. Meditation is also very helpful and some of you, I find that people either love meditation or they hate it. And those that hate it, I have just one thing to say to you is that if you hate it, you're probably making it too complicated. If I asked you right now to close your eyes and to envision what you had, what the last thing you ate was, you could probably visualize it, right, in your mind's eye. Well, you just meditated. <laughs> That's all that it is. It's literally just tuning in and closing your eyes or focusing on one object or one thing in your surroundings and just thinking you're just thinking and you're just sitting there quietly you're not thinking about the groceries that you have to go buy later and the bill that's due tomorrow you try to push that stuff away because I mean all in all if you're sitting there meditating you're not paying bills and if that's all you're thinking about then take two seconds go pay your bills and come back and sit and meditate <laughs> so you can remove something off of your plate but my point is, is that it doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out process where you clear your mind for 45 minutes. It's just a matter of sitting there and just being. Just sitting there and just not doing anything other than just being yourself. Envisioning things. Maybe envisioning some things that you want for your life. Envision the people that you love in your mind's eye. That's all meditation. And I think our society puts a lot of stress on meditation. I have had panic attacks Yes, even me. I have had panic attacks meditating before because I'm sitting there and I'm stressed about all these other things. And in order to sit still, uh, you know what I mean? All that energy has to go somewhere. And if I'm forcing myself to sit still, it results in a panic attack. So if that has happened to you before while you're trying to meditate, you're not broken. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. And it doesn't mean that you hate meditation. It just means that you were just in a position that you needed to release that excess energy in a different way. And for those people, I would suggest like yoga or running or walking or something that's more active. And then when you're done, meditate afterwards so that some of that excess energy is already burned off. So anything that promotes your relaxation, guys, taking a warm shower, um, essential oils, um, even reading, like if you read uh, inspirational books or um, just anything, reading, all of that opens up your third eye. Anything that encourages imagination or um, any pictures that happen in your mind, that all helps the third eye to become a little bit stronger. And, it, and the third eye is, like I said, it's in charge of your intuitive sense. It's part of the reason that you, you know, part of the, the working parts of your intuitive sense. So by strengthening that, you strengthen your intuition and then you're able to make better choices for yourself and be confident in them. And you get to listen to the voice of your soul and what it's asking you. Therefore, leading to a smoother life where you don't have to take all of these detours and you save yourself a lot of trouble doing what other people want you to do and not following what is in alignment with your soul. So my question to you is how often do you follow your soul's guidance? Do you have an outlet in your life where you connect to yourself and what your gifts are? 
Do you have people in your life that are supportive of your choices? Or do they give you a hard time every time you feel like you want to do something? Do they try to diffuse your dreams? Maybe take a look at those situations and those relationships and reevaluate them. How often do you steamroll over what you know is right because of what other people say? That is in the top 10 of intuition killers is when you have people that tell you that what you're feeling is not right or they tell you that what you know or what you feel is right for yourself is not based in any quote unquote logic or reasoning. The fact that you feel it, that's reasoning enough. So with that, my lovelies, stay close to anything and everything that keeps your heart sweet. Remember that you are an intuitive being. And I hope that you have the courage to listen to those intuitive nudges and that you stay close to anything that makes your soul feel free. And with that, I will see you next time. Bye. Let me call you sweetheart. I'm in love with you.